This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. So we are back for another episode of Playing Around, and we have a very, very special guest. She is a sports broadcaster, reporter, host, and one of the top personalities at Barcel Sports, and my biggest girl crush. If I could marry her, I definitely would. We have Casey Smith with us today. I'm so excited. First of all, the feeling's mutual. We've already said that. If we could get married and run away together, that's what we would do. And so it may be in the cards. Like, who knows? Like, who knows what the future holds at this point? I know. I always get so many messages, and they're like, when are you going to have Casey on? When are you going to have Casey on? So this is this is our episode. We're finally making it happen, and I'm so excited. So thank you so much. First, how are you doing? I'm doing as much as I can. I'm doing well. You know, I mean, it's. I think we're all in the same boat here. The world is crazy. 2020 is not the best. Uh, being in New York, coming back to New York is very strange because somehow New York was really bad at first and is now reopening when the rest of you guys are kind of going backwards. So I don't really know what to say, but Barcel opened up today and I guess that makes me happy, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I feel like we're all just kind of in limbo at this point. I feel like this is the number one question and we're just going to get it right out of the way because you work for Barstool and a lot of people have some mixed feelings. It's a very unique media company. I think everyone knows my feeling on Barstool. I think you guys are amazing. I love everyone who works there, especially you. But how do you feel working at Barstool? Yeah, it's a great question. And I get it all the time. And you and I have obviously talked about it both privately and publicly that I totally understand why there's controversy surrounding us because the company has been now for two decades. Dave started it in the early 2000s and not only have times changed and political correctness changed, but you know, comedy has changed and the way they do things here has changed. So I have not um, ever said that I understand why people don't hate us or, or like us. It's just one of those things where I feel like working at Barstool for me has been one of the best experiences of my career. Um, I've never been treated better. And I can only speak from the sexism standpoint, because I know we get hit a lot with that they don't treat women correctly. And that's just not true. Um, There have been things that have been said in the past about women that I don't stand behind. There have been jokes that have not landed correctly uh, that I would never stand behind as well. But at the same time, from the treatment of me individually, and as somebody who's been at network TV and worked at ESPN and worked at NBC Sports, I feel the safest I've ever felt at Barstool than I have anywhere else. And I also understand why people might have issues with Barstool Sports. So I'll never stand completely blindly behind the fact that, you know, everything that's ever been said and done here is great. But then vice versa, I think that there's a lot of really good people here uh, that people choose not to look at sometimes when they just want to read the headlines. Can I ask a question? Go for it. So can we just pull back the curtain a little bit? What was going through your brain your brain during the whole call her daddy incident with Alex? It, I mean, honestly, I was like watching a soap opera <laughs> myself. I was sitting back like, uh, I mean, and I, I had a, a, a brief show with Alex and Sophia. It was called The Group Chat. It was on YouTube. And it was supposed to basically bridge the call her daddy brand with like my sports and pop culture brand because I, I do a daily radio show that's not necessarily sports. But then obviously I do the college football show and do a college football podcast and play with all the boys. So it's like, okay, so let's put it all together and see. And I think we did like six episodes and Alex and Sophia were like, you know what? We can't be raunchy enough. We can't be call her daddy enough. And Dave tried to convince them to keep doing it because the views were great. Obviously they're both incredibly good looking. It was three girls talking about, you know, just random dating stuff. And they're like, no, we can't be call her daddy. So that was my only experience with them personally um, inside the office. 
when I saw that Dave hijacked their podcast feed and dropped that epic 30 minute thing, I was like, oh my God, buckle up. This is about to be insane. And I felt like even just knowing all the moving pieces and everybody that's involved with it, it was better than anything that was on reality TV. I was like, I can't, I can't turn away from this. Um, but from the internal side of things on the companies, Alex is really important to Barstool and that, that podcast. And Sophia was too at the time. Sucks for her that she can't be a part of it anymore. But I mean, they bring in a ton of money for Barstool. And the fact that Dave was willing to even give them their intellectual property and kind of acquiesce, which is not something Dave Portnoy does, says all you need to know about how important they are. It just probably didn't look like that from the outside because of how much drama they bring in. I mean, how many group texts were just blowing up being like, is this real life? Is this real life? Is this real life? Like, I just could not imagine hearing this whole conversation and just the staff not freaking out. It was insane. I mean, I, first of all, I was just like not even paying attention to my phone that <laughs> night. I was going through like my own personal drama. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my phone down for a second. And I went back to it probably an hour later. And I thought somebody had actually died. I was like, who, who died? What's going on? You know, I had different people calling me, asking my opinion, you know, just everything that was blowing up. But it was more of just the fact that Dave was so honest about how much money that they actually were making. And to hear that Sophia or her boyfriend or whoever didn't take the final deal that he gave them was so crazy to so many people in here because it's like, he's going to let you take your IP address and leave in a year and make at least half a million, if not a million dollars. Are you insane? So behind the curtain, we're all just sitting back like, what? Like, how do we sign up for that deal? That's crazy. That's insane. Uh, I I don't know how they deal with it because in the last episode, it was the first time I talked about a slightly raunchy topic, but compared to them, it was very PG. I talked about sexting. And do I have a story for you guys? So, yes. So I talked about sexting. It was just whatever. It was fine. And then it was two nights ago. It was like the night of the fourth. I was getting slammed on my dms just message after message and i it was in russian so they'd be like i'm from russia and then it would just be in russian i had no idea what was going on and then it'd be a couple of those and then it was like now pussy pick please and then because they were trying i think they were trying to ask for dms like new for nude pictures in my dms but they were probably putting in the translator and it wasn't coming out and it was like more titty. I need titties. Like it was the funniest thing I have ever seen. So I was like really confused and I was getting dick pic after dick pic after dick pic. And it was like question mark exchange. And so I am so confused what's going on. This is definitely out of the ordinary. So a, apparently I figured this out after someone translated what someone posted. So it was posted on a website and it said, this is the quote, If someone wants to get a nude picture of me, he must send a nude picture of him too. Not because I want to see it, but (laughs) it's just extra guarantees. I need something of his own because he has something of my own. Everyone who agrees to my terms, let me know. Uh, First of all, no one wants unsolicited dick pics ever. Not one girl or guy that I know that's into that wants an unsolicited dick pic. So you clearly did not say that. And second of all, the fact that you had to even translate it kind of makes it even funnier. I'm going to be honest. Like, it wouldn't be as funny if it was in English. It was the funniest thing that has probably happened to me since. And it took me forever to figure it out. I had no idea what was going on. I was just getting blown up with all of these messages. But the best part was, like, 
anyone who agrees to my terms, just let me know. And they were like, yep, I'm going to let her know. Like, we're going to definitely send her many, many dick pics. Like, it's not like you asked for, like, a pair of Louboutins or a new bag or something cool. Like, you're just like, you know what? I want these random dudes sending me dick pics. Like, yeah, that's what Paige Frantic wants out there to give her nudes out. Like, are we crazy? Like, that's, but again, it's very funny because that's definitely not you. But it's it does speak to the fact that, like, if you say even something remotely raunchy, people are going to latch onto it because you don't normally talk that way. Whereas, like, on Call Her Daddy, that's what they do. So it's, like, what people expect. People hear you talk about like, oh, I'll send nudes to somebody. They're like, how? How do we get Paige's nudes? Because it's kind of out of the ordinary in comparison to what they do because that is their brand. I will say I like the Russian approach. It was very direct. You know, pussy now, please. It was exactly <laughs> what they wanted. You have to respect that. You know, they just say what they want. Didn't want to wine and dine it. Didn't want to fancy it up. It's just, you know what? Just straight up pussy pick now. Do it. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get a ton of very weird DMs as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's. I feel like, you know, when you talk about just like, if you don't talk about sex at all, and then you talk a little bit about it, like, I feel like that kind of people believe like if they open up the door there that that means hey like I want to talk about sex with you personally so before I moved when I came to Barstool like when I was just doing network TV my DMs you know would be like kind of creepy of course it was like a lot lower level job but it was never like it is now as soon as I got on radio and started talking about my life in general or even a little bit about sex obviously like you mentioned like nothing what um, the, the far end of the spectrum like the caller daddy girls do but just anything all of a sudden that seemed like an invitation for people to then send me inappropriate dms and when i say inappropriate like i like laugh at how bad they are because i wonder if they've ever worked in the history of dm sliding but you get that i mean you you have way more followers than me it's crazy what these people think are going to work definitely and i think that's such a deal breaker too i would never go out with a guy who would slide in my dms and say something like that like what are some of your other relationship deal breakers when guys do something that's a good question. I mean, first of all, like the, with DMs, I feel like if you, the less you try, and obviously you, you know, you are the same way, like you probably don't sift through all of your DMs. I just can't. But it's usually like if somebody tries really, really hard, even if it's a nice DM, like that's a deal breaker to me. And that's probably speaks because it's like if you're a super nice person, I'm usually turned off right away, which is the bad character trait. Of <laughs> um, you know, it's like not great. But I feel like when it comes to relationships, it's like if you, can't make me have a conversation that actually is intellectual at all right off the bat. I feel like we're not going to get along. And I'm not trying to sit here and say I need somebody over the top smart, but you know what I'm talking about, Paige, when you sit there and you're talking to somebody and like, are you going to say anything interesting? Not only for yourself, but like I'm not going to be interesting to you if I can't have a conversation of, you know, of what we both are on the same page. And I've been not smart enough for some people. Some people have been not smart enough for me. But as I've gotten older, that's kind of the first thing that's the biggest turnoff. It's like if this conversation isn't stimulating at all, like I'm out. I'm out on that. Oh, 100 percent. No, well, no, you definitely need that. No, because looks are definitely going to fade. So you need that emotional connection with someone and they need to stimulate not your mind. Like you need to have those conversations and not just be like, what do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? And that happens so much. Yeah. (laughs) Where you just like sit there, watch TV and you talk about absolutely nothing. And I would say that was majority of my relationships because I would always just go for a guy who was really hot. Oh yeah. (laughs) Usually an athlete and they don't really have much going on up there. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just say how it is. (laughs) 
I once had a hairdresser tell me that he thinks that like the hottest guys in the world, he's like flamboyantly, beautifully gay. His husband equally as beautifully. Gay. I mean, they were just uh, the most beautiful couple. And he told me he was like, guys that are tens are like Maseratis without an engine. They're really pretty to look at, but they're never going to take you anywhere. And I was like, that is so true because I've dated guys who I think are the hottest guys in the world before. And I'm sitting across the table at lunch. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I would rather go sit by myself and then sat with, you know, and not just guys, friends as well. I mean, girls, it's like looks aren't everything. It does play a little bit of a part of it. But on the flip side of that, if you can have a conversation with me, you instantly get hotter. I mean, that's like the thing. It's like there are a lot of guys that I might see and be like, okay, yeah, you're, I'm attract, attracted to you. You're good looking. And then as soon as I start talking, I'm like, this guy is way hotter than I expected because he actually has a personality, which is maybe part of my age. I don't know. In like early 20s, it didn't matter if you, like, just don't even talk. Just sit there and look pretty. <laughs> now in my 30s, I'm like, no, oh, I'd like yep. you to talk and it sound interesting. <laughs> I will say, though, where have you had this happen where you give a guy a shot that maybe isn't in... I don't want to say in your league, but maybe a guy you wouldn't typically go for. And this has happened to me so many times where I'll go for a guy who maybe doesn't dress that well, isn't, you know, all that cute. He just doesn't put a lot of time and effort into what he looks like, but he has a lot of potential. So what I do, being a very kind, nurturing person, is I mold them into be a 10 and then they fucking ghost me. And so I oh. left. <laughs> like, I put all of this work into you. I gave you a new wardrobe, a new hairstyle. I told you how to talk, how to walk, how to dress. And then you ghost me. Has that happened to you? That has happened to me so many times. First of all, anybody that ghosts you is a fucking moron. Am I allowed to swear? I don't know. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Okay. Yes. I've been holding back. I don't know. I'm so used to Barstool. I'm like, can I say what I want? First of all, anybody that would ghost you is crazy. But I, I have not until recently, I've never been a fixer person because I've always heard the cliche, like if you fix somebody, they're gonna go to the next person and you fix them for them. Um, but I would say my downfall is not the physical, like you just said, which by the way, would piss me off. Like if I saw somebody that I fixed and made them way hotter and then they were with somebody else, I'd be like, uh, excuse me. I have now the issue of wanting to fix somebody mentally and thinking somehow I'm gonna be the different <laughs> Like, oh, I, my, e my ego is big enough to be like, okay, you tell me all your problems about all these relationship things that you've had. I can totally be the one to fix you mentally. And guess what? That never works out either. So what we've learned here is that no matter if you're fixing somebody physically or mentally, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work either way. Well, I was thinking of the craziest thing I have ever done for a guy and I've never been the type of girl who would key a car, and I wish I was. I've never like keyed a car or done anything like that. And I feel like that is such a boss move to just be like, hey, I hate you. Full rage is coming <laughs> towards you. Instead, I do the opposite, which is equally crazy, is I will emotionally invest myself into someone and then be needy and clingy and want them to love me so bad. And it's not even the fact that I want them. I just want them to want me so then I can bounce. I feel like that's just across the board. That's pretty normal and people don't like to admit it, but it's not necessarily that you want that person. It's that you want them to want you. And then once that happens, then you can make the decision if you want them. It's really backwards, but I feel like we all operate that way, but I'm the same way. I've never done anything crazy like a keying a car or taking a baseball bat to a car. But what I've learned recently, and like I said, even as I've gotten older, those girls still continue to land the guys. So I'm wondering if maybe I went back into my teenage years and my 20s and said, you know what, Casey, if you were a little bit more batshit crazy, you might have ended up now. I probably don't want to end up with those guys. But at the same time, it's like, 
why are the crazy girls still sticking around with these guys who are threatening like just abs they're like the, the, oh these girls are so nuts but they're still around how is that possible wait i have to ask though because listen there's a reason why you somebody broke up with you you may not have been crazy but what do you think is the reason why men are like eh, yeah i'm good is it because they they're the player or is it because you know we say that we're chill but every girl is crazy every girl we're not chill yeah no we're not it's degrees it's degrees of crazy um, I don't know that answer for me specifically. Like, and this is, I actually, most of the time I'm done <laughs> we're working up. through this right now. <laughs> right, We're working through it. Um, most of the time I've done the breaking up. And so I have always been, and not for any, not like, oh, I'm the powerful one, just because like at the end of the, most of my relationships have kind of run their courses. And then I'm the one that's finally have to be like, okay, like I'm moving here. I'm going to take this new job. I feel like a lot of times it's, and again, it comes back to ego. And I feel like a lot of of girls and women who are in positions where they're around a lot of guys all the time. They think they have all the answers for me. Like I'm around all dudes all day. I listen to all their relationship stories. I listen to all their crazy lives and I hear what girls should and shouldn't do. So then I take it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take those experiences and I'm going to do the opposite of what they say is crazy. And then I realize like, that's not going to always work in different relationships with people who aren't entertaining for a living because what we do is entertaining for a living. So I'm listening to the guys, these guys be like, well, don't do this. And then I go into like the normal world and try to date either normal people or like page said like athletes or whatever. And it's like, sometimes this shit's just not going to work because the guys I'm around on a daily basis just aren't normal people. So I needed to stop taking their advice is basically what I need to do. Just stop listening to everybody here at Barcel. That probably would help. Well, I feel like guys will always tell girls to play it cool. Don't be too needy. Don't be too clean. I actually, I think it's the opposite. Because if you start out slow and they're like, oh, this girl, this girl's really chill. And then all of a sudden your crazy comes out, then he's going to bounce. But if you start off in triple text him, send multiple snaps, like <laughs> just throw it all out there. He's going to know right away. And that way you're not emotionally invested. Because I've had guys and this bothers me where they'll they'll slide in my DMs or they'll initiate the relationship and we'll be texting. It's really cool. And they're full on texting you 24 seven. They want to talk to you all the time. And then they'll say things like, I want to marry you. You're my soulmate. Uh, you're the best person I've ever met. I, I want to have your children. If you tell a girl that she's going I mean to believe you. So you can't expect a woman to then months later, you then stop texting her or stop calling her, or putting any effort. And then she's like, what are you doing? You said all these things to me. And a guy goes, well, you're crazy. You're being too clingy. Like what? Why do guys do that? That is the most, if I have one tip for guys out there, do not do that. Do not lead a girl on and then ghost her or lead her on and then call her crazy. When you know, you're pulling away, just straight up, tell a girl, like I would much rather have a guy tell me straight up, I'm not into you. I don't want to be with you. And I'm like, cool. Okay. That sucks. It's going to hurt for a little bit, but I'm fine. If you ghost me, I'm going to think about it. I still think about guys that have ghosted me. And I'm like, I wonder why. I wonder what happened. (laughs) I think laying in bed. (laughs) Like I would so much rather somebody just straight up say, I'm not that into you, or this just isn't working. Then give me a whole bunch of bullshit of like, oh, like I see this having a future or whatever the excuse is, like just say like, this isn't going to work because when I've been on the opposite side of that and I have broken up with people, I've definitely not been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, made a lot of dumb decisions, 
But I usually am just like, hey, this isn't working for me. And it sucks so bad in the like, beginning. And it hurts so bad to hear somebody say that to you. But you can heal so much faster. And also, guys out there, if you're listening to this, we remember everything that you say. I don't understand that. That's something I will never wrap my head around. It's like you just said, like, I, I talked to somebody for like years or months or whatever. And then they're like, oh, well, I didn't remember saying that. It's like, sir, I'm a steel trap. I remember everything that you said. And these are the promises that you made me. And these are the things that you told me just because you don't remember them doesn't mean that I don't. And that's just a female character trait in general. And for some reason, guys haven't figured that out yet. I don't know why. But I feel like there's a double standard here because there's no way you guys are saying every time you date a guy, you don't just not like you don't just you don't confront them every time you don't want to be with them. Like there's guys you like hook up with that are just maybe for a night or like a couple weeks. Does that mean you have to go to them and be like, hey, sorry, I'm just not not attracted to you instead of just like kind of backing away and like not being there anymore? You can't say you've never ghosted someone. I'm trying to think, I don't know if I've ever just straight up stopped answering somebody, but I do know what you mean. I see like, because yeah, if you're like casually in a fling or if you're just hooking up with somebody, like, I don't feel like you have to sit down and be like, okay, we need to have like this breakup talk, even though it wasn't a breakup. I feel like there, I don't know where the line is. I feel like I should probably know it before I start talking about it, but I feel like there's a line of seriousness that you get into, even if it's not a full blown relationship, but a, 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 even communication. Like I feel like once you start communicating with somebody a whole lot more outside of just like having sex with them or even just like going out and having fun, there should be some sort of conversation, at least for me. It's just like a respect factor. Like I've definitely like hung out with guys for a while and just be like, hey, listen, like I'm not interested. I'm going to talk to somebody else. The idea of straight up ghosting somebody once there's that establishment of communication just seems awful to me. I just, I can't fathom doing it, but I guess some people need to do it. There's just no rule book, right? I have no clue what the rule book is. I, I don't understand why you would ever need to go someone. I think even if you are casually seeing someone and you do talk, you need to say, hey, you know, I'm really not that interested. And that's usually easy. I feel like that happens a lot more. It's almost when you're invested in the relationship, then that's where it's so much harder. And that's, well, I'm just speaking from personal experience because I have had so many guys tell me, I I don't know if like they, they think it's cute, but don't tell me you want to marry me. Don't say that. And don't tell other, I was at a date with this guy and we were, it was very soon, but I liked him a lot and I thought he liked me and he was telling people he was going to marry me. So in my mind, I'm like, this guy is super into me. And then I never hear from him again. And I am just completely confused. No idea what's going on. And that's happened multiple times. Like I have been ghosted more than anyone in this entire world. It, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I think I'm, I'm definitely, I'm very clingy. I'm very needy. <laughs> I, I need attention from a lot of people 24-7. I just need that. I just need it. Like I, I will text my friend and be like, tell me I'm pretty and I'm smart and I'm great. And she's like, you're pretty, you're smart, and you're great. And I'm like, okay, Aww. good. It's, that's all I need. But I feel like with guys, and I think this is the worst relationship ad- advice that I've always heard from my girlfriends, guy friends, is play games. Don't ever play games. Don't do that thing where if they don't text you for an hour, then you don't text them for an hour. Just text them. If you want to talk to them, talk to them. And I think that's the best rule. If you want to talk to someone, do what you want to do. Don't try to hold back or not seem clingy or needy. I think it's actually 
I like when guys show interest in me and I like showing interest in people that I want to talk to. And I don't understand how that has ever turned or morphed into something that is negative. I think it's cute when people want your attention and want to talk to you all the time. And that to me, isn't needy or clingy. Yeah, I agree. I feel like at this point, like in my dating life, it's like, I don't want to play games either. What I've usually, my problem is, and I keep going, I keep saying ego as if my ego is really big. It's not, I'm actually like one of the most insecure people ever, which Paige, you and I have talked about this as well. But then you have the flip side of things where it's like the outside world is like, you should never have to chase somebody. You should make them chase you. If they're not talking to you, they don't want to talk to you. And it's like, listen, if I want to talk to somebody, I'm just going to talk to them. And I feel like when a guy does that, that's really attractive. It's like, I'm, there's no games that need to be played. I do feel like down the line, if like, if there's a breakup happening or if there's a break, maybe communication needs to change. But early on, I don't want to sit around and feel like I'm having to fight for somebody's attention when the attention should be at its highest. And when you're first interested in somebody and they're interested in you, I'm not asking for you to blow up my phone because I don't want to blow up your phone either because I have other things to do, but it's okay for you to show actual interest in me. And that has, my relationships have evolved that way as I've gotten older. I don't have time for somebody that's just going to sit around and not text me for the sake of playing a game. If you don't want to text me, then I'm not going to text you either. Like, that's just kind of the way I see it, I guess. But it is, it is weird because it's like, I want attention all the time too, but I also (laughs) don't want to come off as needy. So I've really put myself in just a catch 22. Cause I'm like, I want attention, but I'm not going to like blow your phone up. I I have no shame. I'm I'm like, talk to me, tell me now (laughs) I'm a rage texter. So if I am upset, you will get 25 texts from me. I will tell you all about my day. You don't even have to respond. I'm just going to keep telling you how my day is going. (laughs) I will continue to keep talking. It's all starting to come back. Why guys go speak now. Listen, you guys, we have to go to the men here because there's no way you would find that attractive in a guy if he was like blowing up your phone being like, like girls can do it that are hot. Like Paige is a hot meter where if she's blowing up your phone, you're okay with it. But you're not, you're not the normal girl. Right. If I right. blow up somebody's phone, he would literally be like, lose my number tomorrow, please. Like this is a nightmare. So I think that I will. It's just like you got to play the game. I think that you're the unicorn. Ladies have to play the game. If you respond three hours later, I'm going to wait at least an hour to respond back. See, I feel like with guys, when I say I want them to be needy, it's not that I want them to text me 24-7. I want them to be considerate. So let's say that they're at work. I want you to text me before you go to work and say, hey, I'm busy. I'm thinking about you. Or throughout the day, a quick little text and be like, I was just thinking of your smile. It made me really happy. That is what makes such a big difference in a relationship or just talking to someone. It's not the constant text because that's when the conversation is going to get very stale because there's not that much you can continue to talk about. But it's the small little things where you can tell that they're thinking about you and putting effort in. That's what I really love. And I think guys need to do more of that. Yeah, I'm similar because I I agree. Like if I blow up somebody's phone, they'd probably be like, okay, can you just shut up for a second? Like, I don't want to talk to you. But I also think like, even if I can't talk to somebody like for multiple hours, just the consideration of just being like, hey, if we're interested in each other. and And I also am saying like, this is like once a relationship is at least somewhat established, maybe not exclusively, but you have the interest in each other. Like, okay, we might be pursuing a relationship in the future. It's like, just tell me that you're going to be busy and I won't bother you at all. Like if you say to me, Hey, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of the day, or, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Then I'm totally fine. Cause I do the same thing. Like, when I'm on the road with the college football show, like I don't have my phone with me all the time. I'm doing a lot of things, but if I text somebody to say, Hey, I'm going to be busy. I'm not going to be by my phone versus sitting there being like, 
uh, hello, did you forget that I exist right now? Like what's going on? And so I, there's just so many different rules. And it also does matter how hot you are, because if you're as hot as pages, you can blow somebody's phone up and they're like, uh, Paige is blowing up my phone. Whereas if like I was going to do it, they'd be like, why is she texting me so much? I wish she would stop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't worked for me. So you guys keep saying that I'm <laughs> hot and I've just been ghosted more than anyone else. So don't do it. I do. But we're going to go to a I, quick break. And when we come back, Casey, I want to ask you what a guy needs to do to pick you up. So we are back in Casey. You're sitting at a bar, watching football, enjoying your drink, and you see a guy. He's pretty cute. You think he's going to come up. What do you want him to say? Well, I'm, let me just say, if I am not in the bar because I'm going to hit on you first. Uh, duh. Duh. Like, that's just going to happen. <laughs> no, there, a guy could not come and sit anywhere near us if the two of us are together. Like, we're very clearly together if we're out and at a bar together. <laughs> yeah, so if we're not together at a bar... A guy comes up to you, what is the one pickup line that works every time for you? I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the DMs. Just don't try too hard. Like, I don't think I have a specific pickup line that works. I think it's just like, hey, sit down. If I'm watching a game, maybe ask who I'm rooting for. Can I buy you a drink? I think the harder that guys try, the least, the less interested I'm going to be in, especially if I'm there with other people, which I don't ever go to a bar by myself. So I don't even know why I'm putting that hypothetical in there. But it's just like if you're going to come interrupt me, you know, watching a game or hanging out with my girlfriends or my guy friends, just make it so simplistically easy to fit into that conversation and that's so attractive to me because the confidence of that tells me that you're going to not only be cool to talk to individually but you're going to be cool to hang out with this group and that's the whole point that I'm at the bar does that make sense like don't try hard just just be yourself and be interesting yeah for sure and I well let's talk about your top three turnoffs of a guy then so that'll be one of them Let's say you want to approach someone at the bar. What do you go and do to a man? Because I feel like it's easy for women to be like, come to me and like have a good Ooh. personality. But like, what do you do to stand out to a guy? I would. So this is this was Ooh, my move tough. back in the day. I would go up to a guy and I would say, I'm buying drinks. What do you want? And it was the easiest way to start a conversation. It shows that you're confident, you take initiative and you're just down to have a good time. And it worked every single time. Yeah, I was about to say, usually saying, like, do you want to take a shot or, you know, what's your favorite drink or something like that is probably the best go to. And I keep going back to sports because that's really the only thing I know about. And it's all I do. I can't do anything else but talk about sports. So I usually feel like if I'm if I'm watching a game somewhere or I'm somewhere where I see a guy that I would be interested in watching that game, I would usually try to spark up some sort of conversation that way. But it's the easiest thing in the world is to be like, hey, do you want to go to the bar and take a shot with me or take a shot with my girlfriends? They're not going to say no to that. They're just not. And I mean, it's again, that's a double standard, because then if a guy does that, a lot of times girls are like, ew, no, the girl does it. It's a little bit different. Do you feel like when you talk about sports, though, that that will sometimes turn guys off, like where they get intimidated by the fact that you know more about football than they do? Yeah, I have to walk a lot of fine lines in my life, I've realized. Like I said, I want a lot of attention and I can be very insecure, but then I also have an ego enough to where I don't want to look needy. It's kind of the same thing with sports. It's like I want to be able to talk about what I love, and it is you know, mostly football, but sports in general, that's been my whole career, and that's just what I love to do and pay attention to and consume. 
but I also don't want to seem like I'm coming off as the person that's like, I love football. Let me tell you all about Tom Brady's stats last year. Let me tell you why Clemson's the best football team in the country for college football. So I try to have to, to go through that fine line. But most of the time, because I hang out with mostly guys, which is kind of a sad thing, which is why the two of you just need to come to New York and hang out with me. Uh, when I'm hanging out with mostly guys, it's a lot easier to have those conversations because it's like the whole group starts to talk about it. So then I don't like rush in and be like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about what I watched over the weekend. So it is a fine line. But if somebody doesn't want to talk to me because they think I knew know too much about sports, like it's never going to work anyways, because that's my entire job. Just like if I was trying to talk to somebody about pop culture and I sound like an idiot, I would understand why they wouldn't want to have a conversation with me there, too. So you kind of have to just pick your battles. Yeah, I feel like when I ever would bring golf up, one, they would try to swindle golf lessons out of me, and two, (laughs) they would prove, try to prove how much they know and that they know more than me, and it turned into them testing me and about my knowledge, and I'm like, either you believe me or you don't believe me, but it just, it's so frustrating when guys do that, so I would say that is definitely one of my biggest turnoffs for a guy is when they're condescending when it comes to something I know a lot about, so if we're talking about sports, I never find it cute when they're saying, oh, if I beat you in a round of golf, I'll take you on a date. Never say that to me ever because you're insinuating that I'm bad at golf because I know you're bad at golf and I played professionally and I hate when guys do that. That's my number one turnoff for guys. My second one is guys who can't dress well. It is the easiest thing for a guy to look good. All you need to wear is a nice t-shirt nice fitting pair of pants and good shoes. That is all. It's as easy and simple as that. If you can't dress well, I don't want to talk to you. And my third thing is a guy that ghosts me. Just give me attention. <laughs> it just <laughs> keeps coming back to the ghosting. It's, it's an open wound. It's, but if you're not, well, if you're not, yeah, uh, if you won't talk to me and open up to me emotionally, I think that so many guys tend to hide their emotions. And I think it's very sexy when a guy is able to open up and talk about their life, talk about things that have happened to them, good and bad, sometimes get emotional. I find that extremely sexy. I don't like when guys try to play it tough, cool guy, not going to talk to you at all. Cause I'm a very emotional a per- person and I want to connect with you on that level. So a guy who can't, open up and talk about himself and talk about what he wants. That is a third turnoff for me. Here's a question for you though, on the flip side, because I've had situations where guys will almost talk too much about that. And, and even if I'm really interested in them, and even if it's like, totally like, listen, like, I think you're really attractive. I think you're interesting. I think you're funny, whatever. But you tell me too much at the beginning. And then the, the relationship kind of starts to like maybe dwindle a little bit. It's like, why did you tell me all of that up front? And not even from a, like a relationship ending standpoint or a ghosting standpoint. It's just like, if you're telling me this much right away, like what are we going to talk about when we actually get serious? If you're telling me all of your hopes and dreams in the first week of dating. I love that. I am such a nosy person that I want to know everything about everyone. And it's not just like the person that I'm talking to. I am just so interested in people. And so I want to know all about your last relationship, why it ended. I want to know all about her. I want to know all about your family. I am so nosy. I am. I'm just a nosy person. And if I feel like I don't know, then my mind is going to go crazy and I'm going to start creating these elaborate situations in my head. And so if I 
I know what the truth is, then it's like, okay, cool, we're done. Like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But then, because if I know, if I don't know, then I'm going to start stalking that person. I'm going to try to put pieces together. (laughs) And then before you know it, I am stalking the twice-removed cousin's girlfriend's child's dog, and I know everything about them. But I would just like to know straight up from the person that I'm talking to right away so that I don't have to do that. I mean, I'm still going to do it, but it won't be as intense. I feel like, again, I'm somewhere in the middle of that. Like, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching this. <laughs> Everyone's on silent, like, but, oh, no, my gosh, she's crazy. But admitting it is the first thing. You're going to be like, hey, I'm going to stalk somebody. It's fine. I'm, like, watching your faces while Paige is saying, and I'm like, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. I definitely am somebody who likes to have an emotional connection where I do know all about somebody. I just have to, I've learned where I have to make sure that that person I'm investing in to where not only are they telling me all of their things, I'm telling them all of my things is actually going to last because I've been burned in that situation before where it's like super hot and heavy right away. You're telling each other everything. They know everybody you've dated. I know everybody they've dated. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this isn't going to work out. And it's like, well, what do you mean? Like we've just spent X amount of time sharing our entire lives with each other. And I know literally your mom's worst secret and you know, like my most horrible relationship. And now we're just going to be like, all right, we're done here. So I've learned that I have to be able to get to that point once I truly trust somebody, because if I don't, then I will end up being crazy and being like, did I just imagine all of that happening? Like, do you not remember telling me your deepest, darkest secrets? So I feel like there's a happy medium somewhere there with me. I haven't figured it out yet, but like now when I date somebody, it's like, okay, like I need to make sure that before I start sharing all of my details and getting all your details, it's worth it for me because eventually it's going to hurt even worse if it's not. Yeah, everyone listen to Casey's advice and just ignore everything. <laughs> but I will say, I'm on the other end of it where I like shared my high school boyfriend for like two years and I had no idea because I was like, he's good. His best friend's Rachel. His best friend's this person. So sometimes you do need to investigate a little bit to make sure you, you're getting the honest truth. But I don't. Yeah. For sure. I, there, like I said, there's no, there's no answers for me. And I don't think any of my girlfriends, whether they're completely single, in a relationship, married, and guy friends as well, have that answer. I just think for each person, and it depends on how much attention you need. I need a lot of attention. So I'm there. I've also just found that every time I start to do some investigating on something, I've never found something that makes me feel better. I've only ever found something that makes me feel worse. So I try not to do that. And I also just try not to do it early on in dating because at this point, like I have a past. And so it's like, if somebody's dating me and they want to go find out like who I've dated in the past and they might be like, Oh, I I know who that is. Like, I don't need that on my plate either. So I try not to, you know, I try to to get to that point in the relationship at, at a mutual time. Sometimes that doesn't happen. And sometimes it blows up for people and sometimes it makes the relationship better. Yeah. I sometimes (laughs) you never know. (laughs) I don't know. I, I'm, I have such an addictive personality and as soon as I am interested in someone, I give them 110%. I am all in and I am putting everything that I have into that person. And some people like that at first and then it kind of scares them off. Um, I don't even know what I was about to say. I'm just sharing about myself right now. (laughs) Girl, let it out. Let it out. But I mean, but I think that's normal. I do think that that's normal. Like when you get, if you're somebody who, who gets excited early, which I do as well, 
Like you want to feel that that person yeah. is going to be in your life forever. Even if it's not like, oh my God, like I'm going to get married and like sunshine and rainbows. But it's like, if I have this connection with somebody and the chemistry with somebody, I get excited at the fact that like, I'm going to get to share my life with somebody new. And I think that's a normal thing to do to be excited. It's abnormal to not get excited about those things in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But have you, have you been so into someone and this has happened and then they just do something that's just the, maybe they start saying a word weird or they, you notice that their walk is a little bit weird and it's so cringy and you just lose all feelings for someone. <laughs> I love watching her face when you're talking. She's like, she, this is so good. I'm so glad we're on Zoom here. Like, I look like absolute shit right now, so I'm glad this isn't put out on video, but the facial expressions are great. Um, I wouldn't say I go to, to that degree. I will say, you talk about turnoffs. One of the things that's the biggest turnoff for me, and again, as I've gotten older, because I know guys know better, one, and two, have more money. If you have a disgusting apartment, house, condo, whatever, that will turn me off in an absolute instant. Like you could be the best looking guy with the best style, make me laugh, have an intellectual conversation with me, take care of me. And I walk into your bathroom or your kitchen and it's disgusting. I am out because it is not hard to take care of yourself, especially if they know you're going to be coming over. Like if it's like a, and I'm not expecting like, you know, spick and span everything looking beautiful and shiny. But if it's gross in a man's place, I'm out. I'm so far out. Casey, have you ever walked in and like hooked up with someone and you like enter into the room and there's like a big bar stool sports flag? Like, would that be a turnoff for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, I, it's never happened. It's never happened to me and it will never happen to me because I've got this like sixth sense now where I'm like, oh, you're a barstool fan. It's the best thing. Like you talk about somebody coming up to me at a bar. Nine times out of 10, if somebody comes up to me at a bar and wants to talk to me for real, I can tell in an instant because usually the first question is how much does Dan Katz, how much does Big Cat make, or what is it really like to work with Dave Portnoy? I'm like, the only reason you're talking to me is because I work at Barstool Sports, so I would never even let it happen. I also started working at Barstool in my late 20s. So I feel like it went like the, a lot of the people that work here, especially the guys that are like running amok in New York city and, and like the Barstool groupie world is huge. Like, I feel like that that would probably happen to them more often. I'm very selective there. And if I was somehow bamboozled into going home with somebody and there was a Barstool flag, I would be out of there so fast because the last thing I would want is for that to end up on the internet. And more than likely it would, if you're a big enough Barstool fan where you're hanging your shit in their house, they're going to they're going to tell their friends all about what's going on. I'm out with that too. Well, it's weird because the most common question I get from guys has to do with Barstool and I am I don't even work for Barstool, so it's crazy like how intense that fandom is and I'm sure you get that all the time where you don't know if you're talking to someone if they really like you or they want kind of the inside knowledge about Barstool because it is such a fascinating company. That must be really hard for you to like see someone's true intentions when they first start talking to you. Which is why I try to, when I am dating, I try to date somebody who has kind of similar interests in their own careers. Like whether, you know, whether it's in sports, whether it's in music, whether it's somebody who will understand kind of our world because Barstool is so different. And I, you know, every time I say that people are like, oh, so you're, you're saying you wouldn't date a fan. I'm not saying that I've never put myself in that position because it is harder to see true intentions. And it's also just easier to connect with somebody that kind of understands your world. So if you're dating somebody in entertainment while you're also in entertainment, it's just easier to connect at an earlier stage, I think. And again, like at my age, 
I'm not going out and looking at, you know, going out to a random bar and being like that hot guy over there, I'm going to go have a one night stand. Whereas like, you know, in your early twenties, you are looking for that. Well, I didn't have any type of media personality or platform at all back then. So it didn't really matter. But now I'm like, if you want to talk to me about Barstool, that's great. It's obviously the number one thing I talk about. It's what I do for a living. It's what I love. We're different because we just live it every single day. I don't necessarily want to talk about in my dating relationships all day, every day. So I try to date people who have their own careers of the same like, if that makes sense. Like, I'd rather hear about the game that you played. I'd rather hear about the concert that you just put on. I would rather that than sit around and have you ask me about, you know, Dan and Dave all day, every day. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm sure. You know what I think is worse than like a flag on the wall? This is my deal breaker. Okay. And I feel like I'm going to personally attack a lot of people right now. Do it. When they wear jerseys to non-sporting events. So you like show up to a bar and they're in like a Laker jersey, but the game's not on. It's not even season. (laughs) Or they like wear a Dodger shirt and you're just like, no, like it's not hard to throw on a t-shirt. Just throw on a t-shirt. I don't know. That's my deal breaker. I don't know why I don't like it. It's just a thing. Uh, hey, it's your thing. I, I, so I actually will take that even a step further and I'm going to personally attack on top of your personal attack. I don't necessarily like when grown ass men wear jerseys in general. I'm not a huge fan of that. I, and I mean, listen, I understand the point of it maybe at games, but I feel like I'm coming from a college football standpoint, maybe more. So that's a little bit of a bias. Like when I see a grown ass man wearing a 19 year old college football jersey, I'm like, OK, this is a little bit too much like that could I, I don't know why. And again, like you want to wear it more power to you. But I, I you know what? I've never thought about that. I agree with you. Why are we wearing a jersey in random ass places? It's equivalent to socks and slides for me. Don't like that either. That's kind of making it come back a little bit, though, which is a little bit scary. It's it's a little mm, bit scary. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm into it coming back, but it's coming back a little so bit. So what would be your guys' equivalent to, like, girls? This is a question for you guys, for men. When you, when girl, when you walk to a bar and you see girls with, like, great ass, great boobs, like, a page. Or a you. A blonde a page, yeah. bombshell. Oh, what is that for men for you oh that's such a good question I don't we're uh, both like sitting here like mm. so I, I mean, will so say I'll, go ahead like, okay okay I was gonna say one I love when guys wear jerseys so uh, I was just staying quiet on that one so basically what we're finding is is there's just this like for the three of us we're like, there's like a spectrum and I keep landing somewhere in the middle. So we're not getting anywhere is what we're doing. <laughs> you two are kind of on the opposite ends of every spectrum and I'm just landing smack dab right in the middle. I think it shows their enthusiasm. I think it's, it's cute. Uh, I will say, so if I walk into, <laughs> if I walk into a bar and if the first guy will catch my eye, I like guys who have a good sense of style. So they either, but not too crazy because I don't want them to look more stylish than me. So like a good, like I said, like a good pair of nice jeans, a nice fitted top, but I like guys who are in really good shape because I love arms. Arms are a big turn on for me and I love tattoos. So if a guy is completely tatted up, that is such a big turn on. And I also like a guy that has facial hair. So I like them to look like pretty manly, um, Definitely, definitely have to have tattoos. That's like a 
That's almost a deal breaker. If guy doesn't have a tattoo, then I don't know if I'd be that into him. We might agree here, Paige, because I think that, first of all, I love a good fitting t-shirt on a guy. And that goes to what you said earlier. Like if you can just, it doesn't matter how bad or great you think your body is. Obviously, like we're all going to be attracted to, to better looking bodies. I mean, that's the whole point of, of humanity. And that's just, if anybody says that's not true, they're lying. Like if you can wear a good fitting t-shirt where you can like just see like their arms or their pecs. And, and I'm not even like saying like you have to have ripped up abs, but I think that's the equivalent of when a guy sees like a girl in a crop top or a guy, a girl in like a really nice pair of pants that shows her ass off. I think to me, it's like a good fitting t-shirt and good fitting pants. And then if you have a beard, you're automatically 10 times hotter to me, 10 times hotter. And it doesn't have to be a long ass beard. I'm like scruff to me is one of the hottest things in the world. And I will immediately notice somebody way faster with scruff. And like, and there are some guys that just don't look better with scruff. I think it's very few uh, in the world. I think most guys just automatically look better. So just put on some scruff and then tattoos. It's not a deal breaker to not have them. But if I see a guy with like a good sleeve, I'm in. Be, uh, you know what? Be Adam Levine, everyone. Be Adam Levine. If you can just be Adam Levine, I'm in. <laughs> I also like... Well, this can go both ways, but I also think a guy looks very attractive in a baseball hat. If he is wearing a baseball hat, he is automatically 10 times hotter to me. And that's the thing, like guys, you don't have to put a lot of effort into what you look like, but just a little bit, just a little bit. And we're fine. We're fine. How bad is that? We're fine with just like a little bit of effort. And then on the flip side, we have to get our hair done, makeup done, tan. We have to have nice boobs and a small little waist and a big fat ass and dress (laughs) nice, but not too provocative. And then we have to be smart, but not too smart. And we have to smell really good. I probably already said, I'm probably listing things again. And then a guy we're like, you know what, just put a clean shirt on. And we think that is so sexy. It's effort. It, it's so true, though. Like, if a guy shows that they're not only just putting effort into, like, themselves, because I think that's key, too. Like, you talk about turnoffs. Like, if I'm with somebody or I'm talking to somebody that clearly just doesn't care about themselves, that's going to be a turnoff because it's, like, if you don't care about yourself, how are you ever going to care about me? Like, if you don't want to, like, look better for you, like, what do you, like, do you not want people to be proud of you when you date them, too? But it's just an effort in general, like effort in a relationship, effort in communication, effort in your looks, effort in your job. And I'm not, I, I obviously can't go out here and be like, I have to have the hottest guy in the world. Put a little bit of effort in to look a more attractive version of yourself. And then guess what? I'm going to then put a little bit of effort in to be a more attractive version of myself for you as well. So it can go hand in hand. And I hate when girls are like, I'm not trying to look hot for him. I'm looking hot for me. It's like, yeah, you can look hot for you, no doubt. But why are you wanting to look hot? Because you then want to be attractive to somebody else. That's just how this world works. So everybody just needs to put a little bit of effort in. It's as easy as that. Tori, what's your go-to? For like a man. Yeah, When what, what's your like, oh, he's hot. Well, Casey, I'll tell you this. Tori has very high expectations for the guys that she dates. If, they aren't, if they're not a number one draft pick, that she doesn't want them. <laughs> Girl, we need to talk then because I feel like... I feel like you've got some stories. And and actually, Casey, you have really high standards, too. And I'm just, like, picking scraps off the bottom. And I'm like... <laughs> I do. I Like, Tori, I'll be interested to hear this. Because that's my thing is, like, I feel like a lot of times when I when people 
find out who I'm dating or who I'm seeing or whatever. And they're like, oh, like you just have to have somebody of that type of status. And it's like, I'm not purposely doing that. I've also dated completely normal nine to five guys and had the best relationships as well. But it's like, if you date one person that has any status at all, like all of a sudden that's all you're known for. And it's totally. like, totally. Uh, can I not just have a little a little bit of fun with some standards here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I want to so just help me find something. <laughs> like people always want to set me up and they're like, yeah. she only dates athletes. I'm like, that's not true. It's just who I've attracted through my life. But I'm clearly still single. So I don't know how that's working out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's you have a type, you have a preference. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's like you, you talk about double standards. Like when guys are like, oh, I only want to date a girl that has, you know, huge boobs, brunette, light colored eyes. It's like, okay, if I walked in and said like, I really want to date a guy that's in really good shape. Well, guess who's in really good shape? Athletes. Like, I don't feel like that's like a problem, but it's a, such a big thing. Like if you come out like, I only date athletes, then you just sound like an asshole, but you're not meaning to. That's just a thing. Not at all. But also like, it's a brutal person to date. Like it's brutal. So we're setting ourselves up for failure more than anything because, like, homeboy's not going to be talking to you for half half the year. And you're just like, <laughs> catch you on the flip side. I've told Paige this. And Paige and I have talked about this a lot, that one day when we can do, like, a tell-all, it's going to be, I mean, just, like, all three of us just can move somewhere. I, I'm, by the way, I like it on record. I'm nowhere near anywhere near ready to be at that phase in my life. But if we could, it would be pretty great. Oh, yeah. We have this full plan. We're going to write a tell-all book. We're going to drop it, make bank, and then we're going to move to a tropical location and just put out fire Instagram pics. <laughs> Casey, you have to just tell us about one person, human X, that you've been in a situation with that no one would ever believe. You could just call him random guy. Oh, what do you, like and a, you got to share us a story. Share a story. Um, okay, so... <laughs> I have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I am dying because I know all of her stories. So I am so excited to see which one like, she actually which, goes with. <laughs> which one should I go with? Oh my God. Paige, help me out. Which, I mean, obviously no names here. Which one should I go with? Um... Oh my God! Give I'm us like, a my, team. My Give us a right team. Now, like at least build. My something. world is like spinning. Um, how bad do you want to go? Not bad. <laughs> X-rated R. I need it. Listen, if you're gonna step in and be a big sister in my life right now, I need you to set the example of what to expect when dating athletes. <laughs> oh, Money. I wasn't even gonna go an athlete oh, route. Oh, you weren't. Um, <laughs> which is even worse. Um. <laughs> I, like the, I just like I can't even okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what this person does for a living I'm not gonna say what they do but this is very topical because of who I'm on this said podcast with um I would say that I think one of the craziest things again random person I'm not even gonna give this person a name or an occupation uh legitimately asked if Paige and I could be sister wives with him like legitimately it wasn't like a joke it wasn't like oh hey, I think that this should happen. It was a legitimate, like, I want to make this happen, sister wives. That was the story that I was going to tell you to talk about. I have absolutely no idea who said that or anything, how? but that actually, you know what? That's happened multiple times now that I think about it. But how serious? Because like what level is it like, hey, can we do a threesome? And you're like, no, that's weird. And he's like, well, what about 
sister wives? Like, how do you how do you take the stage? Like, were you at dinner? Were you at a Super Bowl party? Like, how does that work? There were just multiple conversations, you know. There were just conversations that just came up. It also, but it also has a lot to do with me. Like, I I talk about Paige a lot, and and we obviously have a close friendship. And and anytime I and I know Paige with like her millions and millions of followers. Like when she posted, like when I post Paige on my Instagram, you would think that like my phone was gonna explode. It's crazy. So it's, it's like the allure of our friendship is what it is, anyways. Um, but I feel like, I mean, even like my idiot guy friends from home will be like, hey, so uh, what's up with Paige? I'm like, ew, no, like, stop it. So I feel like if any, if there's ever any like actual relationship or actually interest in me or her, that that's going to come up. I mean, Paige, how many times do people ask if we're together? It happens oh, constantly. All the time. I, I People legitimately think that Casey is my girlfriend, that yeah. we are full-blown in a relationship. And, and obviously, like, we don't ever deny it and every time we're together we're always doing like half kiss like instagram stories so we definitely play into it but i mean it's the number one question i always get like are you and casey actually together or are you not together and the world will never know the world will never know (laughs) on that note casey we're gonna talk about (laughs) i'm like literally like so red over here because i was thinking about all the stories i could say and i'm like casey no you have a career don't do it (laughs) well you're gonna have to come on again and again and again and we'll have to get a crazy story every single time you go on but we're gonna talk about on the next segment something that you do this is what you do for a living I only get all of my football knowledge through Casey Smith in her podcast Unnecessary Roughness so we're gonna talk about sports on the next segment going to talk about sports i really hope you guys enjoyed that girl talk and now you know how to treat a lady right casey you helped out so much because i have been giving them shitty advice now for a while you know what i don't feel like i ever can take my own advice i just give it out and i feel like some maybe in another episode that we do we just sit and give advice that we would give our friends not give ourselves that's what we need to do because i'm way better at that like i can tell you exactly how to fix your relationship i can never tell myself what do as do. i say not Ever. as i do that's the yes, new segment absolutely. for you guys next time absolutely and i just give bad advice and i take my own bad advice so <laughs> good job Paige. so we're gonna talk about what i know best and first off i want to ask you casey you played golf recently how did that go Paige, it was not great it was not great so i was out in california and some of my guy friends i was out there with they were like hey we want to go play a full 18. i had never even played a full 18 before my whole life of golf first of all i grew up on a golf course which is a travesty that i've never played a full 18. like my dad's so ashamed of me uh i love top golf because i don't have to aim anywhere (laughs) really and i like putt putt so i was like okay if i can get these two things down it'll be great I actually didn't play too bad. I definitely didn't keep score. Um, I, Paige, you're not going to believe this. I haven't even told you this yet, though. I almost had a hole-in-one on a par three. It was, I thought 
my world was just going to explode. It's like the first time I ever play a full 18, I'm going to hit a hole in one. It like landed right on the green and did a nice little roll. And it was about two feet from the pin. And I was like, if I would have hit a hole in one, I could have just jumped off of this mountain right now and ended my life. It would have been the best thing ever. I don't know how you do it. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I have no, that happens. That happens a lot though, where you have that beginner luck and you make a hole in one. I don't know how many people who have picked up the game of golf and have like seven holes, holes in one. And they're just like, this is so easy. This is great. And then on the flip side, I know guys who have played years and great players and they've never made a hole in one. So I wish, gosh, I wish you would have made one. That would have been epic. You have to teach me. I'm having a really hard time not topping the ball because I pull my head up. I feel like I have like a hybrid golf swing and baseball swing. So it's like I pick my head up at the last moment, which is what the guys were telling me. I had a, a few a few really, really great long drives, and most of them were just I was topping it off, and it was a pathetic display. But I tried. That's all that matters. I'll, I'll definitely give you lessons. That's going to be the next thing we do when we're together. Love that. Love that. So Bryson DeChambeau, he won the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. It's one of my favorite, favorite tournaments. But Bryson has been making headlines everywhere for his diet, how far he's hitting it. And at the Rocket Mortgage, he got mad at a cameraman because he was potentially going to ruin his brand. Bryson actually said that. He said that the camera guy was on him a little too long and he was mad and he could potentially ruin his brand and cameramen have to protect the players. Outrageous. Outrageous that he would say that. He is turning into the villain of golf. It is good for golf. I'll give him that. But the problem that I have with Bryson compared to Patrick Reed, who is a villain, he owns it. He knows he is. Bryson plays the good guy, but then he'll say these outrageous remarks and you're like, why, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? And I'll be like, well, you know, I love everyone. I have so much support for everyone. I just want, you know, all positive vibes. And he turns around and says something complete douchey. How do you feel about players talking about their brand? Yeah, see, I was about to say, like, every sport needs a villain, and I think it makes it more interesting. And it's like, you know, RIP Kobe, but Kobe loved playing that villain role where he would just, you know, put things in people's faces all the time, and he owned that. And I feel like when you have that, and not that he was a full-on villain, he was, like, great to the people around him, obviously. But when you when you have the attitude that these guys have and then try to act like somebody different on either side of things, it's hard to know what's authentic. And I feel like I hate using that word all the time because at Barstool we say authentic probably, like, 75 times a day <laughs> but it's like as an athlete like and on I don't want somebody to be overly nice to me either like when I was working on the sidelines and I would sit there and a guy would just be so nice and just be like giving me these like coach speak answers it's like dude I know this is not your personality I know that your brand is not what you're portraying right now which is why when Richard Sherman went crazy on Aaron Andrews on the sidelines and had that whole blow up that was so great in the playoffs and everyone was like, oh, my God, he was such an asshole to her. It's like, no, that was good because that's Richard Sherman's brand. So to me, it's like be authentic one way or the other. If you want to be a villain, own it. If you are a, a really good guy and that's the way that you want to talk, that's fine. It's the, the toggling back and forth, I think, that people have a lot of problems with. And it's like your brand is going to be muddled if you can't stay the same across the board. Like if you're known as the really nice guy and then you're an asshole in press conferences or you're an asshole all the time and then all of a sudden you're trying to be all nice and godly about things, it's like we're not going to believe a word that you say either way. No, and I think that's the problem everyone had with Bryson is that he's trying to manufacture this absolutely perfect brand and you can't 
you can't do that. You have to be authentic. And he's just not. And everyone's getting really fed up because the commentators will only talk about Bryson. I swear they mentioned his diet probably 10 times in five minutes, his protein shakes, how many eggs he has in the morning, how, what he's having for dinner. And that is so boring to me. And I really hate this <laughs> when, and I want to, I don't actually want to ask you about this. I think it's really disrespectful when um, broadcasters will ask players about another player. How did you feel doing that? Like, what do you mean? Like from a, from a standpoint? So you're interviewing someone and you ask them about another player. I guess it's probably different with football and individual sports, just because like, so if, you know, if I'm interviewing a wide receiver who had, you know, a great game, but also the reason that that connection was working was because his quarterback was playing so well. I feel like you do have to, to ask those questions in a respectful way where it's like, if I came out and I was interviewing like Julian Edelman and was like, yo, Julian, like you were cool, but Tom Brady was fucking awesome today. Like there is like a, a nice little, uh, I guess a, a fine line in individual sports. I don't understand why that happens at all because it, their game has nothing to do with the other person. So I think team sports are different, but maybe that's just my mindset because I've mostly covered football in my career. Yeah. Well, Bryson won and we all know winning is good for your brand. So way to go Bryson. Uh, And and of course, like when people are like, this is bad for my brand or this is good for my brand. Normally you kind of roll your eyes at that because it's like, did anybody really care about that in the first place? I don't know much about Bryson. I mean, you know, I'm not a, a huge, huge golf person, but like, I do know that, that he, Everyone was talking about how great he looked and he did, and it was wonderful. I didn't necessarily know that there was a brand there to be ruined, but maybe that's on me. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, <Nope>, you're, <laughs> you're dead on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's I'm ignorant. <laughs> a lot of people are when it comes to him. He is an enigma. No one can figure him out. He's an interesting guy. But do you think we're going to get college football back? I feel like I'm going to start crying right here on this podcast. I was wondering when you were going to, I was like crying early of like embarrassment. Now I'm going to be crying of sorrow. Um, Had you asked me this like a month ago, I was 90% sure. The only 10% was like, well, you know, that like one of the conferences might dip out. I sat at my desk today and I stared down at my college football calendar that we have planned out for our road shows and thought there's no chance that this is happening. I just don't know. I know that there's so much money involved and especially in like the SEC where it's like football is life. Like I feel like Nick Saban would probably rather give the coronavirus to himself and his entire family than cancel football. But at the same time, it's like I I just don't see how it's possible. I see the NFL happening without fans, but college football is so connected to the universities because they are, quote, and I'm putting this in the biggest air quotes I can, student athletes until they're paid and I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know how you can say, well, students don't have to go to classes on campus, but football players have to continue to play. I wish that was the case, but I also understand how it's probably impossible. I haven't been keeping up because it's just so much back and forth with pretty much every single sport out there right now. It's planned to go on, correct? So they haven't said no or yes in definitively either way the problem with college football and and that that's different than basketball is the ncaa oversees like the, the tournament so like they can say like we're just canceling it so the college football playoff is its own entity connected to espn and there's a whole lot of different rules and regulations that go into that but the ncaa doesn't have an overall governing body over college football so what they've done right now 
is said, okay, well, it's up to the conferences. So each conference has been kind of left to see, you know, is the SEC going to play in the South? Is, you know, California is shutting down? Is the Pac-12 going to play? So the NCAA will have to step in at some point, I would think. And they would have to do it pretty quick because camps start usually late July, early August. And we're yeah, like really seven days. Really soon. Like Labor Day weekend is usually the first big weekend of college football. So they haven't said it yet. I just don't see how it's possible, which breaks my heart because I live and breathe college football. And so I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Like when baseball shut down and like my friends who cover baseball and my friends who play baseball, I was like, oh, that really sucks for you. I'll actually feel empathy for them in the fall whenever I can't cover what I love. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong and they'll figure out a way. But I just don't see it. It definitely won't be regular. There's no way they're going to have 100,000 people packed in in the South watching college football in, in August. Yeah. And you mentioned the NCAA paying athletes. I'm a bit big advocate for that. I think they definitely need to get paid. How how do you think they will do that? Like, I think it's so hard to def- they should get paid. But I think back to tutoring the guys on the football team and the basketball team. And I don't know what they would do with that money. Like it would not be saved and used in the correct way. So how do you put a plan into place that still protects the kids because they're not mature enough to handle that amount of money at that age, but still give them the money? Yeah. So I, I'm going to go throw back to my college years. I actually wrote a thesis paper on this because first of all, I think it's, I'm a huge advocate of athletes getting paid. And I think that it's also a really interesting topic as, as the, Football, especially football, basketball too, and baseball a little bit, but like football is so much of a corporation now. I mean, there's no amateurism in it at all. The amount of, I mean, Tuscaloosa was talking about how it's the town itself loses $2 billion in economy. If Alabama football doesn't play like that's not amateur Jeez. athletes, folks, it's unbelievable. But the, I always say it's like a hamster wheel argument to me, because if you try to argue that they should get paid, you're going to flip it out and find a reason why they shouldn't. I think it starts with just being able to make money on their likenesses. Like, I don't feel like that's a really hard thing to say. I went to Texas A&M. I was there when Johnny Manziel was there and he was getting in a lot of trouble for maybe or maybe not signing autographs. You know, you can leave that up to to interpretation. But if a guy wants to go sign an autograph and get paid for it, he should absolutely be able to. If they're selling a bunch of Johnny Manziel jerseys or Dwayne Haskin jerseys or whoever, Tim Tebow, whoever it may be that are these big names in college football, they should be able to make money on it. And I think that's where you start. And there's not an easy answer of how you pay football versus basketball versus baseball versus the, the lower level sports. There's Title IX, all that. I'm not going to get all scientific on it. <laughs> like, I can. I mean, I did. I wrote a thesis paper, guys. But I do feel like you have to start finding a way to do it because we're seeing right now and in 2020, everything stinks. But now you're seeing players just speaking right out and being like, so wait the students don't have to be on campus, then why am I on campus? If you're not paying yeah. me, why is my health being put at risk? And so they're going to have to find that answer. Just let them sign an autograph for some money, dude. If they want a free tattoo because you gave them some cleats, who cares? Like, how does that affect anything else that's going on? It's also happening no matter what. So it's like, you might as well make yeah. it official. Because I know from my, I went to UCLA and I know from my personal experience, it's it's happening no matter it's written in the in the sand or behind closed doors it's happening well it's happening with every sport too right 
Because I, I remember in golf, like when, and even in junior golf, you could only accept prize money up to $750. And at that time, kids were getting full sets of clubs and things were getting paid for. And that, that went straight into college. And then later after college, they signed with those same companies. They should be getting paid. Like that should be happening. And I think it's going to really help all the violations that are going on because right. again, it's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's under the table for sure. And another thing that I always say is like, if you get a scholarship for like, say you're a musician and you get a scholarship to go somewhere to play music, you can also go get a job elsewhere and make that extra money. So if like you're a pianist and you're at whatever university and you're making money playing the piano elsewhere, like why can't athletes do the same thing? So it's like, if you're on an academic scholarship, like, yeah, you're getting paid because you're so smart, but then you can go work a retail job or you can go work to tutor people and make that money. Athletes are the only ones that don't simply have the time to do that. So if find a way to legalize it to where that they can. And yes, it is gonna create some problems because there are gonna be money. There's gonna be schools like UCLA or A&M or Alabama who have way more money, yeah. but sorry that's capitalism. Like, I don't know, you can't expect these, these kids who are making billions and billions of dollars for their schools, their conferences, for the NCAA, for their states, not to get paid at some point. And I hate the people that are like, well, my son had to pay for school. Well, your son wasn't really good at football. So I don't know what to fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> well, NCAA sucks. So hopefully oh, they can the get worst. it together. They're the absolute worst, but baseball, baseball is back. How do you feel about the players opting out? I was thinking about this a lot. And let's say, uh, we were. I was put in that situation where my husband was playing. I don't think I would let him play. I don't think I would want him to be put in that situation, especially especially if we have like young children. How do you mm -hmm. feel about it? I think it's. It, you're exactly right. I think it's up to every single person, and I totally understand why. Like David Price opting out makes sense, and I totally understand why players who don't have families, you know, wives and children right now are like, I absolutely want to play. And I think there's a lot of people want to whistleblow on either side, like, oh, if you're playing, you don't care about people's health. Or if you're not playing, like you're being too sensitive. There's somewhere in the middle. I think at, across the board, not even just sports, 2020 is always going to be the what the hell happened year. And so if, if you <laughs> yeah. feel like, I mean, for everything, I mean, for the literal world, it's going to be like a huge asterisk next to it. So it doesn't really matter. I feel like if you feel like you need to opt out for your family's health and safety, you have that absolute right. If it was me and I was playing, I would be out there so fast. If I was a baseball player right now, I would have signed that dotted line. And I know that that might sound irresponsible. I'm also, I don't have children. I also am not going home to, you know, sick parents. I'm not going home yeah. to people I'm having to take care of. So I'm looking at it from a selfish lens. But if I was a baseball player right now, I would be out at batting practice as soon as they let me because I would be going crazy. Do you think it's actually going to happen? Do you think they'll make the season happen? I think so. I don't know if they'll finish it. I think that that's the, the problem here. I think the NBA is kind of the same thing. But then again, the more cases that come out, it's like how much of a bubble is actually going to happen. But I will tell you what, when it comes to I, I think there is one percent chance that the NFL doesn't play because I think Roger Goodell will make that shit happen no matter what. If baseball or basketball has to stop that'll put a little bit more pressure on him but I think that at this point now that they've come out with all the negotiations and Rob Manfred finally doesn't look like an idiot for like two days I think they're going to try to do it I just don't know if they're going to be able to continue it because the cases are just going to keep getting bigger and bigger well it's so hard with team sports and golf yeah. I mean you are playing alone you don't even have to interact with the other person and they're still having cases it's been very limited but I keep thinking like if they keep growing and growing and growing then you're gonna have to cancel the masters and the majors and no one wants that to happen so hopefully sports will come back the NCAA can pay athletes I'm so <laughs> depressed. 
like, oh, like just, I was t- saying this the other day. Like, I mean, I love, I like baseball. I'm not like a huge, huge baseball fan, but a casual baseball fan, you know, pay attention to the season. I miss hearing the crack of a bat so badly, just sitting at a bar or just sitting at home on like a random night and just hearing those sounds and just being like, w- our lives are just so, vo- I mean, granted, there's much bigger things going on. Yes. People are dying and people are getting sick. We understand that, but we also really miss our sports. Like that's secondary but I would sure love to hear some crowd noise from something at some point soon. It's just, or even just going to games. Like I miss going to baseball games and football games and going to golf tournaments. Like that was so much fun. And I didn't realize how much I actually miss that and traveling and seeing people compete. And hopefully, hopefully things get back to normal. This is such a weird year. An ungodly amount for a cold beer at a baseball game right now. I, I don't even know what my price would be. I would pay, I mean, thousands of dollars to just be sitting in a baseball game right now. I don't even care. Money shame me, whatever. Like, give me a cold beer at Fenway Park right now. I'm in. That would be, that'd be amazing. It would be I'm amazing. just like thinking about it. Just us know, hanging just out, out. <laughs> <laughs> baseball game, drinking maybe our beers. Crop, maybe some crop tops, you know, maybe some cute outfits, some Instagram photos, you know, something like that. Sounds great. So, something like that. That That's how we plan all of our times together is what kind of picture we want to get together <laughs> which by the way we have to say this i mean they'll never make it off my phone but we have got some fantastic photos from when we went out in new york i mean fantastic photos i would just like to point that out <laughs> we got so the last time i saw casey we got so hammered so drunk like completely so drunk and I had this genius idea and I don't know where it came from why I thought about this but this is when Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello did their awkward kiss together where they were like going in on it and I was like Casey we got to do this and so we have videos of our friends holding their lights up it was a full production we made it (laughs) happen I'm going back to, I'm not, obviously, since we're not on video, I'm just going to show Tori this video right now because this is, I need your live reaction. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> my. No! <laughs> no! Yeah, no! and we did, we did this next to the bar and so we had the bouncer watching us and all of these people staring at us and in my mind we were doing something like we were gonna wake up and be viral because this is the best idea that's ever happened we and we got viral you would have we got been vi- to any man who hasn't seen this which is apparently everyone but it is like two they look so good boobs are out crop top and there's 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 lip touching (laughs) and you know the and you know what the crazy thing is like we're not at like some like small undisclosed bar in new york city we're on a rooftop in the meatpacking district at one of the biggest clubs in the city so it's not like we were being private or secret like we're just like it was like we just completely first of all like i didn't care at all and even the next day i was like oh, i don't care and then i started thinking i was like had i don't know where we stopped uploading but thank god we did because i would have completely forgotten that we did 
I'm pretty sure you you sent it to someone. You're like, I'm going to get this edited and we can have it up. And I was like, let's do it. Like, I don't know what we were thinking. I I have no idea. We had the espresso martini and everything just went to shit after that. Lots of shots. Lots of shots. I think that there, I never ended up sending it to my producer. Thank God. He never got that. And I think um, there are two people, now three, because Tori's now seen it. There are two people in my life that have seen that. And we're capping the number at three. It's hot. It is I'm not going to lie. That bar must have shut down. <laughs> like now I'm like espresso martinis. Got it. Noted, everybody. <laughs> That's how we get Paige a little frisky. That's what I was about to say. Earlier we were talking about what's the pickup line. If Paige and I are at a bar and you just want to come up to us, just hand us a couple of espresso martinis, you never know what's going to happen. I can't believe you guys <laughs> just confessed to this. <laughs> that is why I do not drink. If I drink in Casey's around, that is going to happen. Trouble. Trouble. Well... <laughs> As I, take, just, as I take a huge, huge sip of water, I'm like, oh, I'm so thirsty over here. I can't figure out why. <laughs> I'm dying. So we're going to get into some listener questions next. So keep on listening. Every guy's like, yeah, I'm going to keep on listening now. <laughs> Par needs that on their social. Just saying we would blow up. Look out, Barstool Sports. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> have some sexy sexy emails from men that want to know some stuff about um what women think from Nahiman. i think that's how i say it i'd like to hear pages and now casey's opinions on manscaping how smooth should a man be and where is a sean connery sweater sexy or a wax chris hemsworth smooth junk or just simply trimmed I don't, i'm gonna be honest i don't like the way that he had names for all that <laughs> like how do we know that chris hemworth is actually completely trimmed i feel like that question got weird because of that but i understand it's a great question i'm gonna let you go first page since this is your podcast i think it's weird when a guy is completely hairless they look like a naked mole rat or like a 13-year-old boy. I don't want to see that. I don't want you completely trimmed up. I just do your thing, let it be wild, but don't have the ex- expectation of me to always be completely clean-shaven and hairless all the time if I'm allowing you the liberty to do what you want. That's fair. See, I don't I don't think that I mind complete. I think I I honestly and I know that unless it's like somebody that I'm like seriously seriously dating, like I don't think that I notice it unless it's completely out of control like there are plenty of times where like I've hooked up with somebody and I've been like I don't even really remember the situation because it was just kept like just again it goes back to effort and taking care of yourselves men just don't be disgusting like as long as you you're taking care of yourself I probably wouldn't even even notice I'm not I don't now you know and now the problem is is I'm going to be thinking about Sean Connery and Chris Hemsworth every time I say something about (laughs) these things because of this email um but I don't it doesn't being completely bare doesn't bother me I don't think now, actually, now, next time, I'm going to be thinking about Paige, which is probably pretty normal anyway. So I guess we're going to be <laughs> just moving forward with that. But no, I think I think just like and maybe just trends, too. I know he mentioned trends. I feel like that's true with with girls, too. It's like whatever the trendy thing is. It's just like take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Don't let it don't let it run wild, in my opinion. Do you feel like guys like girls completely shaven, like completely or trimmed? What 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 do you think guys like best? 
I think it depends on the guy, right? I think it, yeah. I think it goes back to it's just like don't have a bad situation. Like I feel like it's like if if a guy says to you like you have a good situation down there, like that's a great compliment. And I feel like everybody is different. Like I have guy friends who are like bring back the eighties, and I have guy friends that are like absolutely nothing. Like don't have anything. It's just again for for me, it's all about effort of taking care of yourself. And if I can tell somebody is taking care of themselves, and that's what matters to me. I just don't want anything gross. That's all. No, nothing. Gross. All right. When I was in college, I had no idea because I was homeschooled and my mom didn't prepare me for anything in life. And so like the first time I hooked up with a guy, like I didn't know what I had to be doing. And so that is where the whole crabs rumor started, I I assume, was because they, I mean, I didn't know. Oh, no. I feel so sad right now. Yeah, college was really rough for me, but it's fine. We made it through. Oh, no. <laughs> Sometimes you have to live and learn. Sometimes you have to live and learn. I just remember, like, you know how girls go to the bathroom together? I remember just going to the bathroom, and my roommate at the time was like, what the fuck is going on with you? And she's like, we're going to fix this. And the next day, she showed me everything I needed to know. So shout out roommate. to her for that. Yeah, if but- you don't know. If you, I, I know that's for girls and guys, right? Like, along the way, you figure it out because it's not like – like people are just it's not like you get a rule book and like, all right, so when you're this age, this is what you have to do. Like for me, it was like my girlfriends who had older brothers and older sisters that would teach them. I'm the oldest in my family. So like, I didn't know. So it was like, you know, you hear that. So if you didn't have anybody telling you that, like how the hell else were you supposed to know? You have to find out from your friends at some point. You just happen to have it in college. For sure. I had, I had to learn <laughs> granny panties in, um, in a volleyball spandex. And my sisters were like, not go. today not today nope, can't do that Mm-mm. can't do that i feel like i feel like it comes down to it's like nobody can be perfect all the time hello we're human beings so if anybody expects a girl or a guy to always be completely perfect then they better also always be always perfect because that's just an asinine and that's just with anything that's shaving your legs that's having your makeup on that's being dressed like it's like if you are expecting someone to always be 100 percent the way you want them to be you better always be 100 percent the way they want you to be as well And I dated this guy and he was like that. He like, he was completely hairless. He all, he would get like certain cologne, like he'd get special cologne. Like he put in so much effort and I couldn't keep up with him. He was like, you need to have your nails done. You need to have your hair done. You need to look a certain way all the time. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. Like I am not a high maintenance girl and I could never date a guy that has expectations to me to always have my nails done and my hair done and my body completely shaven all the time. Like it's going to be winter and I'm probably not going to shave my legs and you have to deal with that. And also like, I do think that it is true. Like there are a lot of times where I've dated guys that are like, I like you better when you're wearing no makeup and your hair is up in a ponytail and you're wearing sweats. Like, and I see that with my girlfriends a lot. Like I'd be like, God, you look amazing right now. And everybody likes to dress up. I mean, we all like to wear makeup and, and be at our best. But at the same time, I want to end up being with somebody who's like, would rather see me the way I wake up in the morning than always being dressed up because then it's more fun when you're dressing up. If a guy's like, oh, as soon as you wake up, you need to go put a face on, like, see you later, buddy. Like, that's just not reality. 100% that it was the worst. I couldn't deal with it. I'm like, I can't. I don't want to get my nails done again. I don't want to do that for you. We broke up. Quarantine really, really, I mean, I was, I'm an eyelash extension person and I love spray tans and not being able to get those two things. I was like, this is really difficult for me. The people who have to get their nails done every two weeks, I don't know what you guys are out there doing, but it, 
you guys are, are heroes when it comes to that because no chance I'm getting my nails done every two weeks. Well, here's my trick. If you don't want anyone to look at you, you just wear a super low cut top and you don't have to put in any effort whatsoever. Well, Paige, not all of us have boobs that look as good as yours. Come on, Casey. Your boobs are amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, and you have a and you have a really nice ass too. So you can do the boob shot and the ass shot. I can only do the boob shot. Well, that's not true. Casey's face just lit up when you said that. <laughs> Asa, oh, please tell me more. Remember that? that it's attention? so fat and juicy. Remember that attention conversation that we were talking about earlier? Please tell me more. No, I um. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like girls can get away with it a lot more, too. Like, if, if you're wearing, like, an outfit that's a little bit, not even just revealing, like, just, like, a, a good fitting outfit, you don't have to try as hard. But then I look at myself in the mirror right now without, like, a, a, because, again, you know, coronavirus, you can't get all your things. And I'm just like, oh, so this is what guys are talking about when they, when girls look a little bit different. I get that. But also, like, if you're a girl who looks like a wildly different person when you put all that makeup on, that's on you when a guy is like, uh, what the fuck? Like, I would rather look like myself and just enhance it with makeup than ever look completely different and then just maybe wear a tight shirt and see where it goes that was a fantastic episode Casey I love you so much thank you so much for being on and giving us amazing advice talking football you are seriously the best ever and I can't talk enough about how much I love you and how great you are and I keep going and going and going because you you're my ultimate girl crush, and Gosh. well, now we I have videos know. to prove it. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I love you too, and I, I mean, I will obviously come on at any point, and I know I'm, I'm gonna get sappy for a second, but I'm really proud of you for doing this because I think that this is like really important for you because it's like branching out and it's awesome content, and I know you have like a lot of loyal listeners, so I'm happy that I've gotten to do it because it's awesome what you're doing, both of you, and I now. You guys are just going to have to kick me out because I'm going to be like, hey, can I come on the podcast like again and again and again? Because it's, it's really great. And I'm, I'm super happy for you. Oh, gosh, you're going to make me cry. You are seriously the best. And we will have you on a lot more. We need to do these girls episodes a lot because that was so much fun just to talk shit on guys and have a good time. <laughs> and I, ho- I think that guys actually learned a lot. So I hope that they got something out of this. And I know they did. And if not, you got a, you know, a story of Casey and I kissing. So there's that. Yeah. Exa- well, and also now you have three, uh, what, again, what we learned is there's three very differing opinions. So like you can pick and choose, you know, whether you like Paige, Tori, my advice, who knows if any of it's right, but you can pick and choose. It's fine. Exactly. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next time. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.